0: I I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, October 11th. Thank you for joining me in a new Torah reading cycle for this year. For those of you who are new to Daily Audio Torah, you are in for an amazing adventure in the Word of God for this next year. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart. Because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person, and that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end days as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end days, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Lech Lecha. Genesis 12:14 to 13:4. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her—sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household, because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. "'What have you done to me?' he demanded. "'Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? "'Why did you say she is my sister?' And allow me to take her as my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Abram out of the country along with his wife and all of his possessions. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev along with his wife and Lot, and all that they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold, from the Negev they continued travelling by stages toward Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshipped the Lord again. Jeremiah sixteen sixteen to eighteen twenty three. But now I am sending for many fishermen. Who will catch them, says the Lord? I am sending for hunters who will hunt them down in the mountains, hills, and caves. I am watching them closely, and I see every sin. They cannot hope to hide from me. I will double their punishment for all their sins, because they have defiled my land with lifeless images of their detestable gods and have filled my territory with their evil deeds." lord you are my strength and fortress my refuge in the day of trouble nations from around the world will come to you and say our ancestors left us a foolish heritage for they worshiped worthless idols can people make their own gods these are not real gods at all the lord says now i will show them my power now i will show them my might at last they will know and understand That I am the Lord. The sin of Judah is inscribed with an iron chisel, engraved with a diamond point on their stony hearts and on the corners of their altars. Even their children go to worship at their pagan altars and Asherah poles, beneath every green tree and on every high hill. So I will hand over my holy mountain, along with all your wealth and treasures, and your pagan shrines as plunder to your enemies, for sin runs rampant in your land. The wonderful possession I have reserved for you will slip from your hands. I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. This is what the Lord says, Cursed! are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs, she has not laid. So are those who get their wealth by unjust means. At midlife, they will lose their riches. In the end, they will become poor old fools. But we worship At your throne, eternal, high, and glorious. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. People scoff at me and say, What is this message from the Lord you talk about? Why don't your predictions come true? Lord, I have not abandoned my job as a shepherd for your people. I have not urged you to send disaster. You have heard everything I have said. Lord, don't terrorize me. You alone are my hope in the day of disaster. Bring shame and dismay on all who persecute me. But don't let me experience shame and dismay. Bring a terror, a day of terror, on them. Yes, bring double destruction upon them. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand in the gates of Jerusalem, first in the gate where the king goes in and out, and then in each of the other gates. Say to all the people, Listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all you people of Judah, and everyone living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Listen to my warning. Stop carrying on your trade at Jerusalem's gates on the Sabbath day. Do not do your work on the Sabbath, but make it a holy day. I gave this command to your ancestors, but they did not listen or obey. They stubbornly refuse to pay attention or accept my discipline. But if you obey me, says the Lord, and do not carry on your trade at the gates or work on the Sabbath day, and if you keep it holy, then kings and their officials will go in and out of these gates forever. There will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne here in Jerusalem. Kings and their officials will always ride in and out among the people of Judah in chariots and on horses, and this city will remain forever. And from all around Jerusalem, from the towns of Judah and Benjamin, from the western foothills and the hill country and the Negev, the people will come with their burnt offerings and sacrifices." They will bring their grain offerings, frankincense, and thanksgiving offerings to the Lord's temple. But if you do not listen to me and refuse to keep the Sabbath holy, and if on the Sabbath day you bring loads of merchandise through the gates of Jerusalem, just as on other gate days, then I will set fire to these gates. The fire will spread to the palaces, and no one will be able to put out the roaring flames." The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it, as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, This is what the Lord says. I am planning disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. But the people replied, Don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want to, stubbornly following our own evil desires. So this is what the Lord says. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing, even among the pagan nations? My virgin daughter Israel has done something terrible. Does the snow ever disappear from the mountain tops of Lebanon? Do the cold streams flowing from those distant mountains ever run dry? But my people... Are not so reliable, for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. Therefore, their land will become desolate, a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters dust. And in all their trouble... I will turn my back on them and refuse to notice their distress. Then the people said, Come on, let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets. We don't need him to teach the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore what he says. Lord, hear me and help me. Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should they repay evil for good? They have dug a pit to kill me, though I pleaded for them and tried to protect them from your anger. So let their children starve. Let them die by the sword. Let their wives become childless widows. Let their old men die in a plague, and let their young men be killed in battle. Let screaming be heard from their homes, as warriors come suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit for me and have hidden traps along my path. Lord... You know about all their murderous plots against me. Don't forgive their crimes and blot out their sins. Let them die before you. Deal with them in your anger. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1-5, 3 Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we, Paul and his co-workers, urge you in the name of Yeshua to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you you live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Yeshua God's will is for you to be holy so stay away from sexual sin then each of you will control his body and live in holiness and honor not in lustful passion, like the pagans who do not know God and His ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this manner by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching but is rejecting God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God Himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business, and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Yeshua died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Yeshua returns, God will bring him back with him, the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then, we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. Psalm 81 1-16 1-16 Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Jacob. Sing, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre and the harp, blow the ram's horn at new moon, and again at full moon to call a festival. For this is required by the decrees of Israel. It is a regulation for the God of Jacob. He made it a law for Israel, and when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Meribah. Listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warnings. O Israel, if you would only listen to me, you must never have a foreign God. You must not bow down before a false God. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people would not listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. Proverbs 25.6-8 Don't demand an audience with the king or push for a place among the great. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head table than to be sent away in public disgrace. Just because you've seen something, don't be in a hurry to go to court for what will you do in the end if your neighbor deals you a shameful defeat Today I'd like to speak to you from Jeremiah chapter 16 through 18 and I want to begin with the passage in Jeremiah chapter 17 starting in verse 5 This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Now, I've read this passage before, but it took on a whole new meaning as I read it again today. Recently, I was at a Sukkot gathering and um, a gal came up to me and had a interesting comment and question that she shared with me. She said, I don't understand why so many people are still all involved in politics. And they like to listen to all these alternative news podcasts and alternative news uh, commentaries about what the uh, White Hats are doing to try and take back the Republic and... What is all that? I used to follow all that before the inauguration of the Biden. But after Biden was inaugurated, I have lost all interest in that. And I just keep my focus and my eyes on Yeshua and on him and on his word, on his kingdom. Why are people still entangled in the politics of this world? It was a piercing and a penetrating question. And I really resonated with it because like her, before the inauguration of President Biden, I was keenly interested in following uh, all this alternative news. There are plenty of websites you can go to, plenty of commentators who are commenting about what the White Hats are doing, the QAnon phenomenon and all kinds of, I'm not going to name names, but they're out there. And there was all these thoughts being put forward of how Trump is going to come back. He's going to come back. He's going to come back, and he didn't. He ran off in the sunset, and Biden was inaugurated. And there's still in the rumor mill. Trump's going to come back. He's going to come back. And people, there's people I know that spend hours and hours listening to podcasts and videos and things on Rumble and on BitChute about this whole, what's the situation? What's the latest in the news? What are the white hats doing to try and take back the Republic? And I used to get caught up in that. I got really sick in my heart, nauseous in my stomach to the whole business and decided I just want to focus on Yeshua and on his word and on his kingdom. And so this passage, I believe, has real relevance. It says it pretty black and white. There's no gray here. It says that there's a curse on those who put their trust in mere humans. That means we cannot put our trust in any human to fix things and solve things and make things better. We can't put our trust in Trump. We cannot put our trust in any human leader. There's a curse upon us if we do. But in verse 7, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, in Yahweh, in Yeshua, and have made Yeshua their hope and confidence. So this is kind of a, a reminder and a warning we need to understand and know what's going on in the world. We don't want to head stick our heads in the sand like an ostrich. Yes, but pretty much you can know what's going on in the world by simply scanning the headlines without even clicking on the headline to read the details of the news story. Just the headline itself tells you enough of what's going on in the world. And so here is, uh, we need balance. Here's the warning. If you're spending more time In the news, listening to podcasts and videos on Rumble and BitChute, more time doing that than you are in the Word, you're out of balance. We need to be spending at least as much time in the Word, if not more time in the Word, than we are in the news. There's got to be balance. Because what begins to happen is we start to slowly put our trust and our hope in a restored republic in Trump and his comeback, his great reveal. And my trust and my hope is not in that. My trust and my hope is in Yeshua. He is going to be our king. He is going to return. He will have his kingdom for a thousand years. And that's where I want to put my hope and my attention and my focus. I want to jump now into Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 5 to 10. Then the Lord, well, let's start with verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah, and he said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and start it over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. So this is a powerful parable, an imagery of wet clay in the hand of the potter. And in this example, he's equating it to the Lord dealing with a nation, but it can also be that he's dealing with an individual. But he's saying as a nation and as a people, the people Israel, all 12 tribes, northern and southern kingdom. He's saying, can I not deal with you the way this potter deals with this clay? And if a nation repents of their evil and wicked ways, I will not bring the judgment down upon it that I had planned to do. So if we want to turn the tide of wickedness and evil, a key strategy is we need to be repenting in our prayer closets. We need to be calling for repentance from the pulpits. We need to be having prayer meetings, not just individual repentance one-on-one with the Lord in our individual prayer closet, but corporate community prayer meetings where we repent of the wickedness of our nation's ways, of the corruption and the crookedness and all of the evil and the sin that is going on in our nations. And as we repent, perhaps there will be a tipping point that can turn the tide that will turn things around. So this is a very important key strategy of repentance. I'm going to stop there, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Shalom mere hek ka yae ha